Yeah, that what was kind of that was weird. Very. I, I, <laughs> I was like, what the? Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah she uh, she used to hoop, man. She could rebound. Kid could rebound, and she was a, a smaller player, but she she could rebound. Really, really nice kid, man. Really nice kid. Um, but yeah. Oh, I got one oh, for you. I got one oh, for you. Listen, oh. listen, listen, listen. Who's that? Who's that? Who's that? Who, who did, I can hear. It sounded like a band. Oh. <laughs> ah, the bad boy. Man, don't throw him in, man. Don't throw him in. Nah. I got to listen to him every once in a while, man. Anyway. <laughs> it's all good, man. What's happening, bro? I'm good, man. You? You have a good lunch? Man, I had a, I had a decent lunch, man. Baked me some chicken. See, they starving your boy out over here, man. I ain't had that many <laughs> You probably you probably hitting out in the room, man. They like, nah, we gonna wait till he's done. You know? Right, right. Well, no, they probably eating already. You know, they, they, <laughs> they, they, look, they went on without you. You know, what I'm saying? Man, where so, is the love? So where, where <laughs> we? I think we headed to the northeast. Is it the north? Is it considered the northeast no, or the north? What is it considered? That might be the north. I think he's in Cincinnati area. We got double check. I gotta ask him when he get on. He be everywhere. Yeah, I think he's <laughs> in Kentucky. He may be in Atlanta. Right. I think it's either Northern Kentucky or Cincinnati, which is almost the same. <laughs> like, like, yeah, he'll he'll run it up, you know, for us when he gets on. But happy to have you guys with us. Um, Cameo Williams with Jim's and Jim. Prentice Beverly Ball and Prep. Hey, you are rocking with another episode of Ball and Jim's podcast. Happy to bring you a special guest uh, today. Been in the game for a few years not a few years for quite some years yeah, let me get that correct let me get that correct and we'll yeah, get you the exact one. amount of years uh once we get our guests on but um it's hey, as i said the impeccable timing that was impeccable 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 timing can you, you want to rock it uh can you hear it i don't think you can hear us yeah he got he having technical difficulties you know, yeah, I'm here. Oh, we got him. We got him. Hey, what's happening? Yeah. I got the honor of How you doing? Uh, good. You, my friend, I get, I get the honor of introducing you. <laughs> you guys are crazy. <laughs> hey, we're everybody's good. You know, we're honored with all of us. Right, my guy, uh, Brett McCormick, man. Woo, man, Brett. I, I don't even know where to start with your with your uh, resume. How about you tell everybody? Where you from and what you do? Cause uh, I could take all day. Right. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I usually just say the same thing. Uh, well, you I, get to say something new. That's this what time. I always. No, I just say that normally I have a different way of looking at things than everybody. Cause you always base everything on your experiences. If you've never been a coach, how can you base things on? If you've never been a coach, for an example, but I've actually, I actually played, uh, you know, played college basketball. I was a basketball referee for 14 years mm. um, and I was a men's and women's college coach. And then now I've been a scout. So I kind of pull off of all those avenues to help me get where I need to be or what I need to do. So listen, let me, oh let me get this right. First of all, what portion of the, of the country do you live in? Oh, I live in Kentucky, ah, right across from Cincinnati. I knew it. I knew it was close. I said, I know it was, I said close to Cincinnati, northern Kentucky. Look, I, right, yeah. I lived here because when I coached at Cincinnati back in 2004 to 2006, mm-hmm. I um, moved here, and I just stayed here when I when I got out of coaching. 
Are you in Covington? Nah, man. It's called Erlanger. Erlanger. It's you not said too Erlanger? Yes, yeah, called Erlanger. It's E-R-L-A-N-G-E-R. See, the fact you had to spell it for me. How many How many stop lights? How many traffic lights y'all got there, Brad? It don't sound like a lot of traffic lights going through Erlanger. Well, no. Speak. The thing about it is, when it's like uh, it's like in L.A. where you say, "Where are you from?" The L.A. So you say, "Well, I'm, you live in Long Beach." Right, right, in LA. right, 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 right. Like I'm in Corona, but I say L.A. Yeah, you're right. You got it. Right. It's not. It's not that big, but Northern Kentucky is a part of. It, I guess it's a smaller area, but there's a lot of things around me. Um, if you want to get the actual population of the town, it wouldn't be much, but it's right close to everything so you have the i can go probably 10 15 miles and be across the river and be in cincinnati right that's what you you know i think that's what you said when we was in we were in chicago together and you was i think that's what you was telling me and i was like how far and we were talking about some different things you you said over the river i I still don't know what river but okay oh it's ohio Ohio river man i don't know man listen oh yeah he's not that good with geography give him a break on that one (laughs) (laughs) but but brett where did you play i played at a small school in ohio it was called the university of rio grande actually i know where that's at that's where the that's the hometown of uh, bob evans uh restaurant that's right. That's where Bob Evans Farms is. Wow. Right. What, what position did you play? Oh, I actually, I was a point guard, but it seemed like every year I was there, we'd start out and we were on the quarter system. And after the first quarter, half the guys, big guys flunked out. So I ended up playing the three and the four and everything. <laughs> but I, you, you were versatile. So. <laughs> and yeah. smart. Versatile, <laughs> smart, and coachable for to even be moved around. Do you like that? And then you officiated right. for 14 years? 14 years, yep. Girls and boys, high school basketball. Mm-hmm. Yep. How many parents used to yell at you, Brett? Did they used to yell at you? Did you ignore them? <laughs> but I, I knew my, I knew my right. stuff. <laughs> you I, must I, have, I, yeah, I'm about to say, you must have known yeah. Brett's personality. Oh, I, I don't think it was paid what they did. <laughs> 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 I know these off the like, coaches would yell at me. Coaches would yell at me during the game and they say, You're wrong. That's not right. I walked to him. I said, Coach, I got the rule book back in the locker room. When the game's over, we're going to go back there. If I'm wrong, you get to keep my paycheck. Mm. Well, I didn't lose any picks. Wow. My God. St- dude, that, that's up, typical guys. Brett McCormick. <laughs> that's the Brett McCormick I know. Right. And, and then you went into the, how did you get into the women's game in, in terms of coaching? Well, it's funny. I ended up. I ended up, uh, I just got married in 1991, and I started working, I worked these basketball camps with a guy named Greg White, and uh, he used to, co- he actually coached out UCLA one year as an assistant with Jim Herrick, he coached at Marshall University, yeah. University of Charleston, well anyway, I used to work his camps, so for people listening, this is, this is something that can really help you, I worked all his camps, he did four weeks of camps, his camps were great. He, he pulled in a lot okay. of kids. But anyway, we got down to the last camp, and it was the last day, and he gave everybody their paycheck, and everybody split. But I was still around, me and another guy, and he had 500 basketballs that he had to deflate and put in boxes and put back in the storage closet. Well, I stayed behind, helped him do all that. So when the, when the fall came around, he wanted to hire me as his assistant coach at University of Charleston. For men's basketball. What? So oh wow! That's how I got the job. Wait a minute. How old were you? This sounded like it was years ago. How old I, were you? I was 
was uh, well, let's see, that was 1992, okay. I think. So, 2002, 12, that was about 30 years. That was probably about 30, 31. Okay. Nice. So, you showed initiative and the work ethic, staying afterwards, and, and, and right. it paid dividends. Right. And that's, that's probably my best thing is my work ethic. Yeah. True that. True that. I've been in the gym with you for hours and hours and hours. So, yeah. <laughs> you put in the and work. Brett say we known for the snacks. That's what Brett said. He said, well, he really said you. Yeah, he, you're, you're, he always get on me. Not you. It's, it's Prentice is a snack guy. <laughs> I know the big Prentice is a bag of munchos. Shout out to munchos. Y'all probably don't even know what that snack is. Yeah, like, it's not a potato are. chip. It's a potato crisp. It's different. Hey. You know, you got to go different. So, anyway, give me. I figure I'm going to be in the gym all day. I might as well have some snacks. So, so you went into, so you got into the men's game, but how did you get, in, you coached in the women's game? Right. Well, I lived in Huntington, West Virginia, and that was about 45 minutes from Charleston, West Virginia, where the University of Charleston was. Okay. So okay. I coached the here. I was more of a, I was more of a volunteer assistant. I was substitute teaching in school okay. at the time. And I, I was, I was, and the guy, he kind of paid me out of his pocket, Greg White, he's a good right. dude. And I worked with him. Well, then I, I noticed that I lived in Huntington, West Virginia. That's where Marshall University mm-hmm. is. Right. And so um, the I saw there was a job opening for an assistant coach. Well, it just so happened that the lady that the coach was the coach, I played basketball in college with her sister's husband. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. So, and actually, he's still a coach. He, his name's David Smalley. He's the head women's coach at Rio Grande. He's been there about 30 years. Oh, my God. I know David Smalley. Yeah. Well, anyway, so I went and interviewed with her, and I got the job at Marshall. And I was there four years. And then we actually, to this day, see Marshall, we won our conference championship in 1996-97. We went to the NCAA tournament. The only time in school history they've ever made it to the NCAA tournament for women's basketball. Wow. See, that's that a small world, too. a small world. The work at is crazy. David Smalley. I ain't heard that name in a minute. Yeah. He recruited some of my kids when I was down in Montgomery. But anyway, he's actually from Ohio or whatever. So, but anyway. uh, But it's, it's, uh, you know, it was just a weird situation but and then what happened was uh the lady i coached with we just went to the ncaa tournament and she had two young kids mm. so she lived about an hour and uh she decided she's going to get out of coaching and i tried to get her job and <laughs> right, that's right. what happened they had, new, they had a new uh ad and uh so um they uh and I went and talked to the president. I had everybody, all the parents, all the boosters, they wanted me to be the coach. But mm-hmm. I guess they had other ideas. So I kind of knew that. And so I went to the AD. I went to the AD. I, they were going to give me an interview, but I went to the AD. And I said, yeah, you know what? I think I'm going to go down to Central Florida and interview for an assistance job. So I knew he was either going to tell me, hey, hey, hold on here a minute. Don't do that. But... He went the other way. He goes, hey, coach, I think that's a great idea. That'd be a good idea. <laughs> so I said, okay. So that's what I did. I went down and interviewed with Lynn Bria at University of Central Florida, and I ended up going there. Oh, man. Dude, this is getting too small. I know Lynn Bria. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Dude, this is a – this is a, I'll tell you, the basketball community is 
yep. it's large and small all at the same time you know all at the same time so it's good to kind of kind of look at the footprints uh, of where you've been in basketball and you have a really big platform in terms of evaluating scouting and so forth um, tell the people what entity that is and how did you get into that and oh, okay. what is your like funny how I got into got that it. when I was coaching at Marshall somehow I started talking to Mike White and he had started his scouting yeah, in 1995, okay, Mike he started a scouting service. He lived in Tampa, Florida. So it just so happened. Actually, I helped him out when he was getting started. You know, they send in, a, remember those old questionnaires you used to send in? You'd send the kid a questionnaire and they'd fill it oh, out. Oh, yeah. Yep. Name, address, thing on shirt size, you name it. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, I used, to, I used to supply him with information on kids and stuff wow. like that and help. And so it was in December, and we were going down playing a tournament in uh, in Tampa at USF. So he said, "Hey, when you come down, I'll take you out. We'll go to some ball games." So ended up we went down, and you'll never guess where we went. We went to um, Boca Ciega High School. Head coach Harry Ellison. <laughs> and get out of here, Harry Ellison. Harry Ellison. Yep. Harry Ellison. He, had, he had a really hey. good guard that she could shake and bake it. Her name was Akita Heatley. And uh, so went and watched them and went to a couple of games and Mike was just getting it going. And then it didn't really work out for me as well at Central Florida. So he always told me back then when he met, he said, if I get this thing going, I'm going to hire you. And I just kind of laughed. I thought that'll never happen. <laughs> so so I was at I was there at the one year at Central Florida and that really didn't work out. So then I started working for Mike in 1998. And I did that till... 2004 and then uh, I, I'll you know you guys do it too people call me all the time want me to help them get jobs right so right. So, so I'm calling around and doing whatever yes, yes, so yes they do Cincinnati calls me and says recommend some people for jobs so I recommend some people she was calling me and asked me what do you think about this guy what do you think about this guy so she she went through all of her guys so then she calls me on a Friday and she says, I just want to let you know I'm recruiting you. And I go, what do you mean? She goes, I want you to. Uh, What's that? And you was there two years. You was there too, right? Yes. You were in and Cincinnati so, for two years. I'm still in Florida. And she said, she said, yeah, I'm recruiting you. I want you to be my assistant coach. So she calls me and talks to me. And I said, oh, no, I'll think about it. So then the assistant coach, her name was Don Hoosier, she calls me the next day. So they're really they're really smart. So they sat down and they put together a game plan to get me to come to Cincinnati or whatever. <laughs> so I said, uh, but they'd already brought in a bunch huh. of people and it didn't work out. So they said, well, if you come to campus, you have to tell us you're coming or whatever. After you, and I said, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. We talked about it. And so we moved here and I worked there for the two years. And then I got back out in 2006, went immediately back working with Mike. That was a thing too. Like when I first started working for Mike, I, I made zero, hardly any money at all because he didn't have. And the, right. the funny part about going back yeah. to, um, going back to uh, uh, Mike after Cincinnati, he had been negotiating he had been negotiating with my wife for five or six months, and I knew nothing about it. <laughs> to the scouting service—that's <coughs> funny. And, what? and I didn't know anything about it. And so when I got out of the, when I got out and went back into coaching, 
you never guess who took my place. I know who took it. Dan Olson. Yep. Dan Olson, yeah. Dan Olson took my place for a year or two. And then and then after that, then um, uh, it did, didn't work out good. So uh, it ended up, Mike, I didn't know anything about it. And Mike and my wife negotiated it. And, uh, I was ready to get it. <laughs> That's funny. I went back. With uh, with Mike and I've been there ever since. That is funny. Wow! About how many? You have um, no idea. Events do you see a year? I'm about to say I know you don't know that answer. Yeah, I mean, I, I've asked him that before, and I remember he was like, "I don't know." Well, you don't know that. <laughs> I, I try to do like I was thinking today. Probably I'm weakest on the West Coast because there's not a lot of good events on the West Coast. Now you can go out there and see some. Uh, like I know, I know you did your your little uh, JUCO thing. I used to cover the JUCOs heavy back in the late night, and I used to come out to California and I would go yeah. up to uh, Fresno and see all the, the JUCOs up at Fresno. It, but the thing was, yeah. I quit doing it after a couple of years because yeah. they didn't have scholarships. So I was right. There really yeah, wasn't buddy, a lot of kids to pluck out of there. For D1, you're always going to find, like, I remember Courtney Moore went to Tennessee. She went to one of the Juco. She came back there. And she, you know, of course, mm-hmm. she was a top 10 player. Yes. And there's all, there's all players that you can find at what is it? Yes. Uh, what's the, what's the one? The LA, LA Junior College or something, too. Mount Sac. There, there were several of them that were pretty good. And, but I just quit covering them because yeah. I didn't feel like it was worth my time or worth the money to do it. And so, so I quit doing it. Right. You know, with the JUCOs out there. So, and then you were talking, you were. Right. Go ahead. So, so how do you, so how do you think, um, just in terms of, so you see a lot of kids, right. obviously all over the country. Um, what's something that grabs your eye right, right away aside from. Uh, I don't know. I, it's not so much one thing. I, I look at everything. Um, like, right. I, yeah. No, no, no. I know you look at everything. I'm saying like, but something will grab you immediately that will probably make you hone in a little I mean, more. It could be, okay, it let be, me see what this kid got. Because sometimes we're sitting like there I and we're between a, three quarters. I have a saying you know? that I, about a kid. Like, you, you know how you see that real big kid that's kind of almost overweight and you think, well, she can't play. And then hell, you know, she's got a double-double and she's done everything but sweep the floor. <laughs> right, so, right. Players like that. Right, got her right, yeah, right. moving her feet quick. Right. Then you think because I while you're you, sitting there you. watching them, you're thinking, "Oh, she's not that good. She's fat. She can't do anything." And then she just keeps on killing it, rebounding, scoring, passing. And so you just keep you have mm-hmm. to keep telling yourself, "She's better than you think. She's better than you think." And and that right, happens. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of evaluators see. I I talk to everybody. I listen to what everybody has to say. But I'll give you an example. Right. Uh, Tierra McCowan, for an example, okay. When she, when she came out, I watched mm-hmm. her play a lot. She 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 had great footwork. She had good hands, but she was kind of late, yeah. okay. So, but the way you got to look at it is, mm-hmm. you can't evaluate kids on how they are today. You have to future evaluate them. So I thank asked, you. Oh my I asked god! A lot of the evaluators, what I, I remember, I asked I asked. Um, you know, uh, Chris Hansen. I asked a bunch of people. I, I asked them. I don't mind asking. And I said, well, what do you think? And, of course, they didn't tell me what I wanted to hear. But that was okay. 
Right, right, right. So right. I, I said, <laughs> right. she's going to be a pro. There's no doubt about it. Because, and then especially going to, to Mississippi. And so you, you kind of get back to what you were talking about, about how do I evaluate kids. For, uh, uh, for an example, I give them a ranking and a rating, okay? And the rating is more important than the ranking. So in her class, right. Tierra McCowan's class, for an example, right. I think I had her, anytime I rate somebody 96 to 100, I'm saying they're going to be a WNBA draft choice, okay? At right. right. Okay. So I had gotcha. her rated a 96, and I had her ranked number 21. So, but maybe you're, maybe Prentice, you're at USC, and, you know, and you, then you're at, you're at, uh, Tammy, you're at UCLA. And you like number 21 better than you like number 16. Yeah. There's no difference. And, and it doesn't There's no difference. And, and yeah. uh, I'll give you another example I thought about before going on with you. Do you remember, um, oh God, I already forgot her name, the girl from Mississippi that played for Kim for Essence that went to Rutgers that was really good? I know. Uh, uh, Rachel Holloway. Nope. Nope. This is Hol- for her. Gosh, darn it. I can't her? think. Oh, April, April, April Sykes. There you go. That's right. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, hey, I saw April Sykes last year at Insider Exposure. Uh, April Pro Sykes. Combine. Yeah, she was there. Yeah, 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 she was there. I believe. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And, but the thing hey, was, cooking, cooking. she was talented. And if you ask anybody that saw her, they would say she's a legit five. You know, she used to post up in the mid post and shoot a fallaway jumper, and you thought you were watching Michael Jordan. You know, and she she was a great player. But then she ended up going to Rutgers for an example. Okay, and she averaged like two points the first year and three points the second mm-hmm. year. So you could say, were were you wrong? Where she did? I, I think she had the talent, but maybe that just wasn't the right fit for her. Because you know, it's all about it wasn't the right fit. And it, and I remember her. They she was trying. They were trying to uh, promote that kid as a guard. Yeah. As a as a, guard, a big guard, and I was like, that just ain't gonna work because yeah. I watched her. I think when remember Kim used to have her uh, junior phenoms all American camp. Sure. I remember coaching that camp, and man, she tried, they kept putting her at the one. Them little guards were ripping her and just tearing her up. Right. And I was like, so she tried this in college. It ain't going to work. Yeah, but you know what? I interviewed her uh-huh. um, last year, and she spoke on that. She said just, you know what? She thought she was better than she was. She talked about the mentality that she had coming in. You know, like she was really oh, yeah, transparent yeah. and honest about that. Yeah. That period of just saying right. that, you know, I wasn't ready. You know, I, I like, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm going to dig that up. Man. Yeah, I like I, April. I rock with April but I remember. Because mentally she had to turn around. So that's a really position. good um, example. But I really like that, uh, Brett, that you brought up ranking, rating, projecting out. Um, where you believe um, them to be, because that's a big question uh, that we get for parents just traveling around. What is me? What's Prentice? What is you? Right. Uh, parents say, "Man, my kid is better than so and so." Right. And and if I'm ranking today, maybe you're you have a right. higher ranking, but the right. ceiling it's, over here is the future. A higher ceiling, right? Because it's, you're in the eighth and ninth grade, and we're trying to project out what it's going to look like you know, down the road uh, at the four-year level and then beyond. So I'm really, really happy that that you spoke on that. 
uh, one of the things that I do want to ask you about is how do you think the as we're in this unfortunate COVID-19 crisis, how do you think it's Oh, I think it affects it a lot, especially the 21. Yeah. I think, you know, I, I saw Prentice where you told kids that probably they should go ahead and commit, and you're probably right. And the reason is, is yeah. the reason is if you don't commit, okay, uh, they got a couple other people on the string in the 21 class, or they'll get somebody in the 22 class, or somebody will go put their name in the portal, and then you'll be there. Exactly. And then, these 21s are all going to commit and go to these schools, and then next year's portal, there's going to be. Like, and then they'll be in the portal. They made a mistake. They yeah. went, they went right. Like, I remember Gilbert's guard, I can't remember her name. She went to Michigan and played four years and had a great career, but she never visited the campus before she committed. I can't think of her name now. Uh, but anyway, she. But that's what I'm saying. That that's what kids are going to do, or they're going to get there and they're going to go. Well, coach, you're not anything like I thought you were. And coaches will say, Well, you're not anything like I thought you were. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. And, and, but you know what? The the thing that maybe they're saving grace, they're saving grace, is if they pass the one time transfer rule, then they can just leave and go play right away. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. Man, that's going to be ugly. That's true. But I, I just. But it, Everybody, everybody getting locked in early. Everybody's trying to, I mean, cause you, you know what, and from just getting outside the business, thinking as a parent, you know, some of these kids are come, come from unfortunate circumstances and I can see the urgency of trying to get locked in, you know, um, not, hey, none of us are going to pay the five figures for them to go right, to school. Right. You know what I mean? Like, if, they, if they don't get it, so I, so I can see the, ur- the, the urgency of, of that. You know, I'm not loaning nobody the money to go to school. And if you got somebody willing to pay for your schooling, and especially if you got like four solid options, because some of the 21s, what appears to be a rush decision or an urgent decision due to this crisis, some of them have been communicating and had consistent recruitment sure. and communication right. with schools for months you know so uh, we just are accustomed to them yeah. making decisions next year you know what I mean or at the end uh, of the club season so but it's not like all of like some of them are new don't get me wrong some of them are new they do their videos up there I get it but some have been getting recruited and building these relationships and gaining an understanding of the program already. And so I try not to lump them all in together because I, I don't know those situations, but I do know many who have built relationships early. And now that you're not having, well, it's appearing that we may not. We're not, you know, we're not going to have, uh, we're not going to have no, this day. We're not. Like, you know I've what? been talking to different coaches and I don't think that we'll I mean I don't know certain don't, conferences would maybe let, let their let their um, coaches go out and others weren't but to keep it fair there won't be any coaches July. now what I mean by being July yeah. there's going to be teams I mean there's going to be people that have events but there's just not going to be any coaches there mm-hmm. right there won't be there won't be a live period right yeah I agree do you think because um, one of the things I do think is going to happen um, it, I think they may I don't slide think they in built. a fall period. What do you think about that? I don't, I don't think, think they will because I think it's it passing legislation. There's a lot of problems. They might, but I don't think they will. But you got to remember, they already got a built-in period 
the whole the whole month of September is a evaluation and contact period. So you can go to a kid's school, watch them work out, watch right. them play pickup. It's not a thing, but and do that. And right. I don't know. Right. I, I may be wrong, well, but I don't I don't think they will. But I'm I'm like you. I'm thinking so too because people what, what everybody's forgetting is they lost a lot of money. A lot of schools didn't get no money. They're not going to get all yep. the money they normally get. So that means budgets are going to be good. Sister of Dayton the other day, and they said every all their money's frozen. They can't buy anything. They can't do anything. Yeah. It's frozen. Right. So that lets you know if, if they can cut out the July period, because they already know April period. They cut out the July period. Look how much money they save on on, on people or their coaches not traveling. Yeah. Yeah, just like yeah, they're saving from the home be, visits in the nah, I'm with yeah, you. I don't think they're going to be in July either. At all. And and I think that, uh, you know, another thing that people aren't considering, this is what Mike White told me, is uh, like you, you, it used to be years ago you didn't have to buy insurance for your events. And a lot of people didn't do that. Right. Well, Mike, he's he's overboard. Like for Deep South Classic, we have, you do now. We have eight trainers, four EMTs. You know, we have everything. We have, you know, policemen and all that stuff. And the thing about it is you have to buy the insurance now. And he, he was talking to his insurance yep. person. And that yeah, insurance buddy. person says, well, we don't cover coronavirus. We've never had that. It's never been a problem. So they're saying it could be six figures or $200,000 or more to cover an event in a big building like a Deep South or something like that. Right, and, but then if some kid right. gets under the, the convention uh, center, it's like that. Like coronavirus, well, then can they do you? Now you got a lawsuit. So what are you going to do? You know what I mean? And, and no waiver can help with that one. I got a quick Man. question for you, Britt. The one question I always get, I think it's hilarious sometimes, people always want to c- compare regions. When you compare, like, players from the West Coast, the players on the, in the North, the players from the South, players from the East, can you uh, just talk about that a little bit? I sort of do that a little bit, but what I, what I do is, what what I do too. is too is I look at where they come from. So, like for an example, there may be a kid in um, Vermont that averages twenty five points a game, but they're not a D one player, okay? Mm-hmm. And like I right. had a kid, I can't right. remember her name. It's probably right. ten years ago. She was from New York City. She, I remember her high school stats. She averaged 9.8 points a game and 8.9 rebounds. And she was a legitimate top 75 player. And you think, well, she only averaged 9 points and 8 right. rebounds. Well, she, she was a legitimate player. And I think you have to look at that because if you, you got to look where they come from. Because like in, in the in around And who they play they, against. They play against guys. They play against girls. And they the game exactly when you're in Vermont you're, you're going to be the best player you're playing against and you, it's not going to help you to get better so I think look at exactly. where kids come from as and and I'm I'm big and always think a lot on West Coast kids I think the West Coast kids are uh are slighted they don't people don't give a thing probably because they don't see him as much or I agree or or like I, I already thought right. about bringing this up too it's like a lot of people that evaluate get caught up in the shoe business. Okay. Okay. Oh God, yes. Not against Under Armour. Any of them. But like I made a joke last year. Remember I'm not, last no. year? You, 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 um, uh, 
oh um, shit uh you know uh, az fud az fud she was going to go <laughs> under arm before she got hurt okay and then right. and then what's her uh, the the guard you know it's going yes. to yukon from minnesota you know yeah, Paige, Paige. Beckers. She Paige. was going to go Under Armour, so I made a joke and I said, "Well, I guess Paige Beckers and, and AZ aren't number one anymore. They're not playing on the Nike circuit." <laughs> right. That's right. 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 That's- I mean, it's, t- it's talent everywhere, you know, which is why we do what we do. It's talent when on the, right. in the shoe brands. It's talent on the independent scene. It, it's talent all over, which is why we try to go right all over right it really doesn't matter if you're affiliated with it too and i, I really want to make sure but I, but I, understand that, I do feel like you know um, that we're yeah, going I, everywhere I i've like been everywhere you've been everywhere evaluate though like if they go to an event and the nike teams are there they tend to watch them more i watch them but i branch go try right. to watch everybody because i feel like you you're going to walk right. over on that one court 29 and you're going to find some six three kid or whatever that can be really good but i think they tend to watch the same people over and over oh my god brett say that again. Yeah, please, please say that again. don't get me started with that over and over, over, man. over over and over you got it what you what you what you know what um brett and, and p like i can say this one of the things that I always try to do if I go to a massive event like that, I always tell myself, um, if all these coaches of the shoe brand teams are saying what their circuits are, yes. they are what they say they are, and, and they do a great job, then you really don't need Cameo Williams and them in the gym, right? You don't really need, if you're who you say you are, right? why do I need to be on court one through five? For a Cameo to actually make uh, a name That's in right. this game, I need to go see court 40 through 50. Yeah. You know, court seventy-eight because I can go find a kid over there. And there's coaches out there with uh, vouch that that's yep. what I'll do. That's for me. For me, that's what my bread is. But you know, as as you told me, Brett, man, I yep. love that gyms in the gym thing. I can't find no gyms in the EYBL. They're they, they're already you know looked over and seen a thousand times. Everybody has seen them. And there's a thousand articles on all of them. And no disrespect to none of them. I'm sure most of that is a lot of that is earned. So kudos to them, but you don't need Cameo Williams to come and put a stamp on that. And, and there's enough people. Right. Stamp people right. You know we got I mean? so many people in the business. There's now, enough whatever they are, they're media people or scouting services or scouts or whatever whatever they are, and uh, they you know they're always saying, "Oh man, I saw her first. I, I saw her before you did." Oh man! Oh, she's the best I've ever seen. You know, I really don't care. I just want to see her play. So, if you saw, great. Right, right. I might be right, right. Well, I well, well, Brett, I will say this because I I care. I am one of them guys that care. So let me not front. Yep. While we on this, because I care, I'll tell you why I care. I I care from this standpoint. Is some people aren't gonna go out to see the kid. They're just going to say whatever Brett said. And and, and you and, 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 and take oh, Brett's yeah, credit. Yeah. Or, no, or utilize like that information. Kids, but and, I, and, what and I guess I'm saying is so I don't I'm just not give me credit for it that I saw her for. But I'm with you, I want to see, even if you saw her, oh, like Brenna says, hey, you know, uh, I saw this kid. And I go, really? What's her name? Blah, blah, blah. Well, then I'll make a point to go watch her play. You know what I mean? That's all. Right. 
That's one thing I can say about my guy, Brett. We we talk a lot. People don't understand how much we actually talk to each other. We ain't been lately because we we ain't had nobody I don't to see. They think that people in the business <laughs> no, talk they don't. That. But like I said, you know? we ain't talked to each other in a while because ain't nobody to see. But we we'll talk. We'll like, like you said, he'll sit there and say, "Yeah." And I don't I don't cheap? disagree with everything he says. It's just that I, I think there's a lot of people out there that don't have any basketball expertise right. per se. Oh but, my but God! Wait like a minute. Like you say, well, hey, hey, what do you think about so and so? Oh, well, she's top 100. Okay, well, why is she top 100? Well, she's top 100. Well, I can. Well, right, right, they can't. Tell, they can, can't. They can't give you a reason why. Right, right, right. They can't give you And I can explain myself. Now, if you still disagree with me, I'm okay. With you, but I can explain to you how I did that decision. Right. And That's it okay. wasn't because she is my best friend. It's funny that you said that. Um, Brett, because a parent and a club coach actually called me yesterday. They called me last night. I won't say where they're from, but they wanted to, um, they asked me how I saw the kid. And yeah. I had seen the kid, and they basically were saying, man, that the kid gets no love. And man, it, it cameo easily, man. I, man, I'm telling you, man, this kid is a BCS kid, man. What's the problem? I said, well, you know what? First of all, you could be right. So listen, you could be right. I said, but what yeah. do you What's your frame right. of reference to say that the kids should be this? Man, I'm telling you, man, she be killing these kids over here. I'm not even disputing that. So have you seen these kids right. over here? Have right. you seen these kids over here? Did you see these kids up in Washington? Did you see these kids down in Oklahoma? Man, no, I didn't. But so what is your frame of reference to so, even so, think? So you said so you just so you saying in your cul-de-sac she was the yeah. she was the one in your cul-de-sac. But, but oh, you okay. haven't seen anybody outside the cold effect. Okay. <laughs> and maybe the kid can, but but that kid's gonna have to get out and play against players that are even <laughs> right. better than that kid to really get a, to really get a gauge, or they're gonna have to see people on a certain uh, that is a certain caliber uh, against a, against well, a certain here, caliber. Well, here, here's the thing: to really get a gauge, I have a thing on, on thing. exactly. I'm who, not a big high school basketball fan because it's a lot of bad. Ba- all from a standpoint, you know, you get a lot of lopsided, no competition, and stuff mercy. like that. Tell the truth. So, but what I always say is, like, you might go out and see a kid in the summer and they just dominate, and then you go watch them play in high school. Wow, is that the same player? And where I think where I think kids make the mistake is they really are that good <laughs> player, like they were in AAU. But if they can't come back and dominate in high school against uh, inferior competition, then there's something wrong. Like Gino says, you don't look name on the front of the jersey right you steal it from him 10 times in a row you steal it from him 10 times in a row and then if the coach take you out because you're up 50 you can do that but you gotta have you gotta play like that you see a lot of kids that they dominate in aau but they don't dominate in high school i'll I'll give you an example i've been talking you know who marley washington's is right um i know her family oh oh, yeah you know she picked up a couple bcs offers last summer well, and this year in high school, but she dominated though. She she averaged a triple double, and sometimes she almost got quadruple doubles. Now she didn't play against good competition. I'm not gonna lie, most of the time. But what I'm saying is, she still dominated on both platforms, and that's what you. Do. So right, exactly. Uh, that a lot of kids don't do that, and you know you always get like and like uh, I know Mike Flynn. He was complaining about the Diamond Johnson didn't make it. Well, I agreed with. Him. I mean, she killed everybody on the EYBL circuit, and I watched her drop 50 down DC. And so, I mean, and what I are they see. thinking? 
Right. Right. Oh yeah, they, they'll, they'll have you shot. That's a whole. Okay. That's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> Look, yeah, that's a whole. Man, we ain't gonna even take up too much more of your time. Man. This, well, you know, you're I wanted, I wanted one more thing. Oh, well, my guy about about the uh, it's the portal. It's the portal. Okay, a, a couple of mm-hmm. things I think about the portal. The portal. Everybody. Um, is getting all concerned because they said there's 700 and some. Well, that's because Division 2 and Division 3 were putting it in there. And it used to be if a Division 2 kid was unhappy, they'd just stay there. You know what I mean? Now they can put their name in the portal and they get stuck right. in there. So we have over 400 and some people in the portal for Division 1, right? But that's not really much more than what right. we had in the past. It's just the problem is now the D2s and D3s are putting their names in there used to be they called us to ask us who's transferred now mm-hmm. it's not everybody knows right so right they they, they under you know they know who's transferring now because it's common knowledge for everybody and it's more preferable everybody knows about it now and and they think about it and they talk about it more and that's why it's kind of the way it is i think you know that yeah so i agree with that okay Hey, well, thank you, sir. We want to thank you for coming on Ball and Gems podcast for myself and, and Prentice, man. I'm sure we'll we'll see you around and get to hang with you a little bit. I'll have some snacks for you. Definitely. Too, of course. You know. He know I always share my snacks with him. He acting you funny. Know. He know I share my snacks with him. Hey, man, I tried to hook him up, right? man. We was in Chicago. I tried to let him share a few things. You, you know. <laughs> you probably had the right snacks. There. You ain't had the right snacks. Thank you. You know, but, but Brad, you're always a class act, man. Always yes, a class act. My friend, your resume speaks for itself. Experience speaks for itself. Your basketball knowledge and expertise uh, is factual. You go look it up, people. And so they know where you're coming from, man. I hope okay, they support yes. you going forward. You we appreciate day. you, my man. My guy. See you. Appreciate- good luck. You too, Brad. Appreciate Thank you, sir. Thank, Thank you, brother. Brett McCormick. Yeah, that's a good guy right there, man. That's my guy. <laughs> always have fun with Brett. Brett is, Brett is, Brett is too cool. He has that dry, dry humor too, man. So if you don't get it, you'd be looking stupid. But that's your man. You'd be looking like, you'd be looking like, huh? He could be loquacious, a very different, you know, but that dude's always funny, informative. Always informative. Has paid his dues, as you guys heard. He has put in the work. Yeah. And we always want to acknowledge people who have put in the work and, and honor those footprints of how they even got to where they are today. So shout out Brett McCormick. My guy. I, I am Cameo Williams with Gems in the Gym. I am Prentice Beverly with Ball and Prep. Together we are rocking with Ball and Gems podcast. Another episode in the